Welcome to the Gathering Church Podcast. We are so glad you're joining us today. For more info about The Gathering, you can check out thegathering.online. Thanks for checking out the podcast. Here's today's message. Glad that you're here. It's a great day to be at church. The first week of December, it's starting to look a little bit like Christmas around here, right? Can you give it up for those who decorated and and put in some time to this? It looks fantastic. Thank you. Thank you, team, for doing that. And also, earlier this week, it got a little chilly, right? It was some, some evenings that were like 10 degrees. What in the world is going on? But that's what happens in Ohio in December. But today, it's 50 degrees. So you got to look at the positives, right? It's actually a little bit warmer. Some of you aren't buying that. You're like, no, it's not warm enough. 70, 80, 90, crazy people. Uh, but anyways, we're glad that you're here. And we are not starting a new series. We're kind of ending uh, the series that ended last week. You see, in November, we took time to look at some of the parables and what Jesus has to say about how to steward our finances, how to spend wisely. Spending wisely for ourselves and for our future and investing, but also investing in the kingdom of God, being generous with God's kingdom. So today we're not looking at a parable of Jesus, we're looking at the last words of Jesus. Before Jesus ascended to the Father, after he had been resurrected from the grave, he spoke this few sentences to his disciples right before he left earth. So we're going to read from Matthew's Gospel You can go, if you have your Bible, you can turn to Matthew chapter 28. If you don't have your Bible, no worries, we got it for you on the screen. If you love a sermon outline to be able to follow along, you can go on the Church Center app homepage. You can find that outline. It's also in the YouVersion Bible app. We're going to look at the last few verses, last five verses, from Matthew chapter 28. Starting in verse 16, it says this, Now the eleven disciples went to Galilee. To the mountain to which Jesus had directed them. And when they saw him, they worshiped him, but some doubted. And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. Today we're going to look at this passage to help us understand our mission, the Great Commission, to go into all the world. And I want to focus with three points. I want to focus on that word all. Somebody say all. 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 Today's message is called All for One. Not All for One and One for All, simply All for One. I almost called it You Are My All in All. Anybody remember an old school Christian worship song, right? I started singing it in my office. All for One. I'll explain later on why it's called All for One, but I want to look at some of the words, the alls that Jesus uses when he talked to his disciples before his ascension. Let's look at the first one together. Go back to verse 18. It says, Jesus came and said to them, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. The first one I want to look at today is number one, all authority in Jesus. 
we know that the very next verse starts the Great Commission. When you think the Great Commission, you think, oh, go into all the world. But it says, go therefore. Why can we go? Because all authority in heaven and on earth belongs to Jesus. That's why we can go. That's why we have the ability and the power because we have the authority of Jesus with us. And when we realize we have the authority in Jesus Christ, it increases our boldness and our faith because we're not trusting in our own ability anymore. We're trusting in the authority of Jesus. He's going to send us. He's going to direct us. He's going to guide us. And he is going to empower us. Is it okay if I'm already preaching this far into the message? You're like, Matt, I was not ready for that. I wanted a joke or a story. All authority is in Jesus. Thank you. Thank you, Minnie. All authority is found in Jesus. Think about the term authority. Think about the authority that you have as a parent over your child. See, when a child has the authority from their parents, they can make decisions without those consequences. I, I see that right out here in the foyer on a normal Sunday morning. I see it when the baked goods come out and your kid is going to get a second or a third one of them. And I love watching the parents like, did you say they could have a third one? I didn't say that. Did you? I didn't do that. I did not say that. And there's a miscommunication there. And let's be honest, I'm not trying to rag on the guys, but a lot of times it's the guys like, yeah, fine, have another one. It's fine. Go get a fifth one. I don't care anymore. Just be happy. Stop crying. All authority. You see, when we have authority, it gives us access. As a child, if I had authority from my parents, I had access to stay up later, stay out later, stay at my friend's house, the authority that Jesus gives us, gives us access. And you can see the access that we have. Jesus, in the, in the gospel of Mark, right along the same time, this is the words of Jesus to his disciples in Mark 16, 17. It says, these signs will accompany those who believe. In my name, they will cast out demons. They will speak in new tongues. They will pick up serpents with their hands. They will drink. If they drink any deadly poison, it will not hurt them. They will lay their hands on the sick and they will recover. There is great power and authority in the name of Jesus. Healing takes place through the name of Jesus. Whenever I pray, it's not on my own ability. I'm not praying from my own power. I'm praying with the power and the access of a child of God. And we have to recognize this because, yes, at the end of the service, we're going to give into all the world, but we're also going to pray for the nations. And we have to know that when we pray for the nations, we have prayer, we have the ability to pray with power and access to the authority of Jesus that is in heaven and on earth. So when I pray for healing, I can expect healing. When I pray for peace, I can expect peace. When I pray for change, I can expect change, not because of me, but the access to the authority of Jesus. All authority is in Jesus. And when we recognize the authority found in Jesus, then we can focus on the next verse, the one that we know better. It says, go therefore and make disciples of all nations baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Number two, all nations to be discipled. All nations are to be discipled. Since we have the authority of Jesus, we can go and make disciples of all nations. 
we know that it is the Father's desire that every single person, every tribe, every nation, every tongue, every language would become a disciple of Jesus. And we need to be clear with the words that Jesus used. If you look at the language he uses, the Greek word for nations in the book of Matthew, it refers not to a political nation. It refers to ethnic, linguistic people groups. And it says all nations. So we're not talking about all political parties. We're not talking about every, everyone in the United States. We're saying it's for all people of every single tribe and tongue, meaning our responsibility is not just to focus on our own nation. If I can be honest, when, when we're church planting, and you know, there's, there's all kinds of mentalities out there when it comes to giving to missions, and, and a lot of people will give only locally. And, and you should give locally. We are giving locally to ministries and missions here, but if we misfocus on the rest of the world, we're missing the focus of the Great Commission. It is our responsibility to give and go into all the world for all nations. I was hoping a few more people would feel that and agree with that. It's not just our responsibility for here in this city. It's not just for this state or this country. It's around the world. And the other thing that Jesus says is, he, just, he says, go into all the world and make disciples. He doesn't say go and make converts. Go and have a great evangelistic outpouring and people in an emotional moment will declare Jesus as their Lord and Savior, but then they walk out those doors and they leave and they continue to live the way they did before. That's not being a disciple. We have to disciple nations, meaning that people learn how to daily choose to follow Jesus. That they daily pick up their cross and live for God. We are discipling nations. This is our responsibility, right? To, to stay on mission. We know this, and yet how easy is it for us to forget our mission over time? Have you heard the phrase mission drift? It's a phrase that any institution, any business, anyone is susceptible to mission drift. If you want to know why, Every single Sunday morning, I say, belong to a church that loves you. Believe in the God who's bigger than you. Become who God created you to be. It's because that's our mission, and we cannot drift from it. We have to remind ourselves of this. But let me tell you what can happen when mission drift sets in. Back in 1636, there was a university founded with the motto, Truth for Christ and the Church. This is what their original mission statement read. It said, let every student be plainly instructed and earnestly pressed to consider well the main end of his life and studies to know God and Jesus Christ, which is eternal life, and therefore to lay Christ in the bottom as the only foundation of all sound knowledge and learning. Sounds like a great motto, right? A great mission statement. That was Harvard University in 1636. Eighty years later, a group of pastors got together and they established a new school, B 
because of that mission drift. They said, we're going to do this again. We're going to create a new stronghold of Christian higher education because they were concerned Harvard had drifted away from its original mission. And that became Yale University. Years later, do either of those seem like a Christian organization or education? They have drifted from their mission. And I'm sorry to say this, but any single institution, any church, any, any individual, if we don't remind ourselves what our commission is, we will drift away from what God has asked us to do. This is the Great Commission. Mission drift takes place whether you're an institution or a university. And I want to tell you the Great Commission is not just a good activity. It's not, just, it's not just a component of the Bible. It's the passion of God, and it is the central theme to see every single person reached with the good news of Jesus Christ. I'm preaching better than you're giving, me, giving it back to me right now. I'm telling you right now. Our prayers and our giving can further the reach of the gospel, and we have to continue to remind ourselves of the need for the gospel to go to all nations. And we're falling short. Let me give you some statistics to back that up. From 2021, the International Mission Board regarded 347 people groups, which represents about 12 million people, as having no evangelical Christian resources, no access to print or digital resources. And there was an additional over 4,000, almost 5,000 people groups that had less than 2% evangelical with no, little to no church planting effort. I looked at Wycliffe Bible translators. They estimate that work on scripture translation has not begun for over 1,800 languages. Over 1,800 languages still are not close to having the ability to read the Bible in their own language. It's our responsibility to be part of the Great Commission. And I'm excited because one of these different missions that we're, that we're blessing today goes to help with Bible translation. I'll share more about that later. But we're called to make disciples in all nations. And lastly, after Jesus said, go into all the world, make disciples, Look at the last thing he said to us in verse 20. It says, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Now this last all, it's a little bit tricky. I'll be honest with you. I heard last week being like, oh man, I got it wrong. When we got to this last all. Because yes, it says to observe all that I have commanded them. And I would lump that in with discipling of the different nations. It is our job to disciple with all of the word of God. We need to remember in these last days to teach the full breadth of the word of God. Because we're in a culture that is picking and choosing from the Bible what they want to take and what they want to live by and what they don't want to live by. We have to teach and define what sin is, what is universally good and right, and what is universally wrong and bad. We have to teach that Jesus was not just a good teacher. He is our Lord and our Savior and our King, and He is the only way to God the Father. Amen. So all those things are true. But I actually want to focus on the other all as we end. I want to focus on that I am with you always to the end of the age. Third point, always 
with us. How comforting is it that we know that he promises to always be with us and that we don't only have his authority, but we have the presence of the Holy Spirit. The presence of God is here on the earth and guiding people into all truth. No one is too far from God's presence. No one is too distant that the good news cannot reach them. God is always with us. He is omnipresent, and he is able to connect with anyone at any time, anywhere on the earth. That is the power of our God. And to illustrate that point, I have a quote here. Maybe you've heard this story. There, there was a miraculous encounter with God in the Middle East. A couple of weeks ago, there was a story from an underground Christian ministry in Palestine. This is, what, this is the report. It says, over the past two days, we have ministered to hundreds of fathers who have lost most, if not all, of their children in the war. As we moved these men to safety, we fed them, washed their clothes, and began to read the Bible to them, sharing the way of peace through Jesus. Then, a big miracle happened. Last night, Jesus appeared to more than 200 of them in their dreams. They have come back to us to learn more from God's word, and they're asking how to follow Jesus. Can anyone here give God praise for that type of report? God is on the move everywhere, always, even in, especially in, the middle of turmoil and chaos. And he reveals himself to people. And I've had this question asked to me, and and you probably have as well. What happens to a child in Africa if they never hear about God and they die? Do they go to heaven or do they go to hell? I don't pretend to have all the answers, but I know my God has the ability and the power to connect with anyone at any point, anywhere on the planet, And if God can connect and have 200 men dream about Jesus on the same night, if God, if Jesus can reveal himself to Saul on the road to Damascus when he's on the way to kill Christians, I believe absolutely Jesus can reveal himself to a child in Africa. I believe everyone will know the truth. Yeah, you give God praise for that. He will reveal himself. One thing can I say about the culture of the gathering? Can we make it so that if one one person claps, we all clap? Can we all do that together? Don't leave them hanging. Come on. Don't leave them hanging. It is called the Great Commission because it carries all of God's authority for all nations and all people, and he guarantees his presence at all times. All authority, all nations, always with us, all for one. Are you tired of hearing me say the the word all? All of those things for the sake of one more person after one more person coming back to the Father. That is the power of the Great Commission. There there was a book called, Is the Commission Still Great? It's by author Steve Richardson. This is what he said about the depth of the Great Commission. He said, the Great Commission is the most ambitious undertaking in the history of the world. It involves hundreds of millions of people and spans thousands of years. It encompasses a vast number of languages, cultures, and locations. No other endeavor compares with the audacity of God's redemptive 
plan. Today, this is what we get to be part of. The audacity of God's redemptive plan. That's what you're part of today. When we go into all the world. And we know that means physically going into all the world. Some of us have had that opportunity to go to Honduras, to El Salvador, to Chile, to maybe other places I don't even know that you've gone to. But we also have the opportunity to give financially and to go financially. You know, when we were in Honduras and we got to see the kids and they would say, hey, the missionaries are coming. They were talking about our group. And man, it did not feel right in my heart to be called a missionary. I know there's a difference between me being called a missionary and a missionary. There's a difference, okay? There's me, a missionary, who's there for a week, and I get to make an impact. I'm not trying to negate that or downplay that. But then there's a missionary, a person who has given their life to go to that people group and reach them with the gospel day in and day out. While I go back in a week to my cushy life, they're still there doing that hard work every single day. And I may not be able to go there and live my life there, but I can give so that they can continue to bless the people of that nation. There's importance in that. There's power in that. You were there on a mission. We are on a mission together today. And so I'm going to share briefly these different organizations. I praise God. We, you can maybe see there's envelopes. There, there's money already in here from first service. There's no pressure, but we said, we, we all prayed and thought you should quadruple it. So I'm just, no pressure, but I'm saying that's what, that's what they said. I didn't say that, but let me talk through these ministries. This is Chi Alpha right here. Ohio State Chi Alpha. You can give it up for it. Ryan knows the impact. Chi Alpha is pastors on campuses connecting with students because we know, unfortunately, a lot of youth, when they leave their house, they leave their community and go to a campus, oftentimes they leave their faith behind as well. What Chi Alpha does is it connects youth, connects students back to God and to a community of God-loving people. Ryan's clapping because he was part of that community on Ohio State. He was discipled there. The next one we have up here is She Dreams Again. Teal Smeagol talked about this a couple weeks ago. This helps women that have been exploited. This is, our goal is to end human trafficking here in Union County, in Plain City, in Marysville, in Columbus. You say, human trafficking, that's, that's in nations around the world. That's not here. I'm sorry, friend. I couldn't be more sorry, but it is happening right here in our city. Help us to end human trafficking. Third one right here, these are all local. This is the Hope Center. We know the Hope Center right here in Marysville, uh, the Union County. Some of you were helping serve Thursday night as they had their big end-of-year fundraiser so that people that are hurting, that need help with meals or furniture or clothing, can receive that, that physical need, but also people have the opportunity to pray for people and believe for healing and breakthrough in their life. Here's some of our, our global ministries. We've got right here City of Refuge from Honduras. I, I want to brag on you guys for a second because we went there earlier this year, and when we went, you gave clothes and books and toys, and it was the largest single donation that the City of Refuge has ever received because of what you did. And today we're, we're partnering with them again, and they have a specific need. Uh, we got to contact one of the engineers there. His name is JD. He's working on creating a tilapia farm for the City of Refuge. We have a, a short video. Can we play that video for City of Refuge? 
as engineers come in and they create platforms to share the gospel and as they improve the efficiency of all the ministries that are around the world, the ministries are able to spend more time uh, directly sharing the gospel with others. Um, it saves them money, they can pour that into their programs, and there's just a variety of ways. My ministry is called Living Water Aquaculture, and in a nutshell, it's taking first world farming equipment, building it with third world materials, and using that as a platform for missions. Instead of taking first world technology and just putting it in third world countries, you have to take first world technology and build that with third world materials in ways that work in third world countries in order to be able to use it and actually make an impact. If we run this filter in the same way that it's ran in the U.S., then that would allow the existing tank um, that the City of Refuge has to produce at least five times the amount of tilapia that it was producing before, and likely more than that. It's pretty amazing that you have to take first world technology and build it with third world supplies, resources. And so today, what goes to City of Refuge is to help finish that tilapia farm, that hatchery that they call it. We actually got to be there at the very beginning of that. We had to take cinder block, slide it down about a, I don't know, like a 10 foot drop down in there and build that brick by brick. My back was hurting by the end of it. Uh, Dylan and Nikki were there doing that. Uh, Levi, there are others. And, and so we get to be part of finishing that. They itemized out what each part of that would cost. They said to complete the filter for the tilapia, it would cost 3,500. To begin producing the feed, it would cost $6,000, and the initial equipment for the hatchery would cost another $12,500. And so when we give today, we're giving to help build that up, because right now they've been importing all their tilapia, all the different types of food, and if you cut the cost of food, you're able to use that money, not for food, you get to use it to build the ministry and, and help the children out and to help the community out around. See, we're not just giving to tilapia, we're giving to invest in the kingdom of God, continue to move. So that's one there with City of Refuge. Let's look at the next one here. These two are a little bit less known. We haven't talked about them, but this is the Fire Bible. Has anyone heard of the Fire Bible? A couple people have. This is from the Assemblies of God Life Publishers. What they are doing, it's really, it's really cool. They are translating into different languages the full Bible with a, not just any Bible, it's, it's a study Bible. So it gives people the ability not just to read the Bible, but pastors and missionaries there, they get to study it, they get to learn the context and preach it and communicate the gospel to the people there. In 2016, Fire Bible, you can go on their website, very cool how they show each country and how they are in the process of, of different languages translating it, the Bible. Back in 2016, they had about 44 different languages that were translated. Now today, they're up to 65 different languages with a lot of plans to continue that, to further that. So when you give to Fire Bible, I, I'm passionate about this and I hope you are too. We are allowing the Bible, the word of God, to invade different countries around the world. Also here we have Together for Israel. Together for Israel, I don't know if you've heard of this program, this ministry, they, they do a lot of different things revolving around Israel. Some of it is being here in the States, preaching at churches and explaining the heart behind giving to Israel. It's biblical. We believe in that. But today, anything that comes in for Together for Israel is going to go to their humanitarian project. This is to help the, the families that are in need right now, those that are struggling because of the turmoil and the chaos, to give them essentials and provide for them in the middle of this struggle. 
And our last bucket today here is the Goyi bucket. Has anyone heard of the Goyi bucket here? And a couple people, right? And so right now, Pastor Dennis is going to come because he can explain as the founder of the Goyi bucket and explain to you the power. But give it up for Pastor Dennis as he's here. Thank you, Pastor Matt. Wasn't it a good message? Just, just wanted to make sure you were listening. When one claps, all clap. Okay. <laughs> it was back in 1994, and I had just come back from, I think it was a youth event. It was late at night, and I was going through my mail. And I don't know about you. How many of you get mail asking for money for just tons of people? And so I was going through, and I was just throwing it in the trash because I couldn't get to everybody. So, But I got to one, and it was Billy Graham. And I said, well, I wonder what he's doing. So I opened it up, and it kind of you know, nudged in my heart to give to it. But I said it out loud. I said, Lord, I just can't give to everybody. And he said, go into all the world. And I said to the Lord again, well, I just can't give to everybody. And he says, go into all the world. So I said it a third time. I thought maybe he didn't hear me. I just can't give to everybody. And he said, go into all the world. And that was an audible voice. It was inside, but it was very clear. And so when he said that, it dawned on me, you know, my money represents my life. And I taught before in my class that when you give your money, you're giving your life. And if I could give my money to every nation, then I could actually literally fulfill the Great Commission and go into all the world. And that just, it was like a light went on. Now, it was late at night. My wife was asleep. And so I ran into there and woke her up and said, honey, I'm going into all the world. And she looked at me like, what, what are you talking about? And so it took till morning till she understood what I was saying, but I just caught it real quick. And so over the years, and this is, uh, we started in 94, so over the years, this will be the 30th actually offering, but 29 years we've been doing this. And Pastor Matt, uh, Rick Mason did it at his church, and I thank you for that support, Pastor uh, Rick. And other churches did it too. We've raised over a million dollars uh, to go into all the world. So um, when you give into this bucket, there's 160 nation, nation groups, and that'll be divided into those areas and given to the missionaries that are in those uh, nations. Um, and that's done through the Assemblies of God. And so that's on my heart. And of course, I'm going to give to that bucket and I'll probably give more than I will to the other ones because that's something the Lord laid on me. But I want to encourage you, um, give something to every one of the buckets, even if it's a small amount, because then you're part of all those ministries. And so you can, you know, do that in a variety of ways. One way I did it was I just wrote a check for that, go ye, then I wrote another check and put all six different buckets listed on the bottom in the memo. And uh, so I can give to all, the, all these ministries because they're all vital. And so thank you, Pastor Matt, for letting me share. But uh, it's great that we have a church that believes in going into all the world. Thank, thank you, Pastor Dennis, for doing that. And we know that Pastor Dennis gets a lot of mail, uh, and is asked to give because we kn they know he has a generous heart, and he desires to give and go to all the world and bless people. And so in a moment here, I'm going to give you an opportunity to go into all the world. I'm going to actually ask the worship team, would you come up as we close? Earlier this, this year, we, we began to have a, set a goal for giving, and we said we want to give $100,000 before the end of this year to missions. We want to give at least, let's, let's put that, we, we can not only reach that bar, I hope that we can to just knock that bar off its place by the end of today. But with doing that, um, we were taking from our tithes and offerings what you have brought in, 
and we wanted to give 10%. We ask, we, we, we believe in the tithe, we believe in giving 10%. So if you're giving 10%, we wanna give 10%. And so because of what you've given over this year, from our general offerings and funds, we're gonna give $45,000 towards that fund. Thank you, give it up for yourself, what God has done. And we're believing today that we're gonna fulfill the Great Commission. Today in giving, it's an honor to give. I hope you realize that. It's a privilege to give. This is not, if you take this as I'm so tired of Matt asking for money, I'm so tired of this, hey, don't give. I'm not gonna, no one's gonna judge you. It's okay. We wanna give with the right heart. We wanna give with generosity. It's a joy to give. And so today is a privilege and I don't know why it gets me emotional, but just thinking that I can stay here in Marysville, but yet when I give, I'm giving to God's great commission so that all the world can know the name of Jesus. Why don't you stand as we close? I'm gonna close with a quote from C.S. Lewis. I know this is two weeks in a row, okay, I know. I won't do this all the time, but I think this is a powerful quote. It says this, there is no neutral ground in the universe. Every square inch Every split second is claimed by God and counterclaimed by Satan. And so today, I'm not just asking you to give money. I'm asking you to claim ground for the goodness of God. I'm asking you to sow into the harvest, into the kingdom of God. That we're going to take ground when we give to Chi Alpha and say we're taking back those students that get into the world and the university. And we're going to help pastors there connect them to the gospel that we're gonna take ground with She Dreams Again and take back what the enemy has been doing through human trafficking and say that is not allowed in our city anymore. We're gonna take ground back from Hope Center and say those that are down and out and are struggling through the Hope Center, they're gonna realize they have a hope in Jesus Christ. We have hope, we're gonna take ground at the city of refuge that in Honduras, people in that community connect to the gospel and the good news. We're gonna take ground when we give to Fire Bible because people in every language can have the ability to read the Bible in their own language. We're gonna give and take ground in Israel where people are suffering and they're hurting and they need to remember that their salvation is only in Jesus Christ and we're gonna give to all the world so the whole world can know the name of Jesus. After I pray, the worship team is gonna lead us in a song and I, at that time, I invite you, would you come up and, and put money in the buckets? If you didn't have cash or check, you can go online right now. We have all those funds available. We had one person say, I didn't realize we were doing this. I was here for a service. I'm going to an ATM. I'm gonna get money out and come back and I'm gonna put money in the bucket. Because people, are, I hope, are passionate about giving to see the lost return to Jesus. And not only are we gonna give but it's an opportunity to, to pray. We said at the beginning, Jesus has all authority in heaven and on earth, and whatever we pray in his name, we can see healing, we can see peace. So whether you have cash or not on hand, you can come up front here. We had people last service praying over these buckets, praying for these nations, praying for Israel, and for our students and all those things we just listed out. Let's take a moment before we leave, we have time. Let's use it to invest in the kingdom of God and pray for his people. God, we come together today excited to give, excited to invest in your kingdom. I pray a blessing over this offering and a blessing over those as they give. I pray that we give from our hearts today 
and we're crying out on behalf of the nations to see all people acknowledge Jesus as Lord and Savior. We thank you for this privilege and this opportunity. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Thank you for listening to today's message. The Gathering is a place where you can belong to a church that loves you, believe in the God who is bigger than you, and become who God created you to be. For updates, service times, or ways to get involved, check out thegathering.online. And if you enjoyed listening today, consider rating it or sharing it with a friend. We love you. The best is yet to come.